listening to Soul Work with San, and I'm San. And today, it's my birthday, fam. That's right, it's August 15th, the very best day of the year, if I do say so myself. And I'm just so, so grateful to have life. I'm happy to still be here, fam. What a year this has been. And it's caused me to really reflect and think back on 33, my Jesus year. See, I don't mind telling you my age. This is chapter 34 for me. And I figured what better way to look back and be reflective than to share it with this new community that we're building, all of you. So here's my birthday bonus episode that gives 10 life lessons of what 33 taught me. Even on my birthday, you already know what time it is. You ready? Let's work. Number one, and this one is really crucial. I feel like all the others fall into place once we get this one down. Number one, Jesus really, really loves us. Like for real. And this is not a small thing. Some of us have been born and raised in the church. Some of us have never been to a church. We don't even know about this Jesus. Here's the whole point. When we can understand that we are loved like fully and completely as much as we are known, that there's nothing that can separate us from this love, that this love is filled with mercy and compassion, that there's grace. This love still also holds us accountable to complete what's inside of us. Um, This kind of love is the game changer. Why? Because we're operating from this place of love and acceptance, not for it. And what that does is it provides a security to the soul that nothing else can. And it also allows us to do number two. See, if I know that I'm really, really loved, like really to my toes, then I can love other people. And this is really important because we're in such a hostile kind of environment. And the very best thing that all of us can do is show some kindness and love one another seriously. Uh, So what that looks like is if I'm, again, operating from this place of love, then I don't have to demand performance of my neighbor. I don't have to place unrealistic expectations on my friends because I know that I'm loved. And if I know I'm loved, then loving others is simply sharing this love. That's all it is. And so I'm finding in my own journey to be a better friend, a better wife, a better mom, a better daughter and sister, and all of those things is simply sharing what I've got with others. But if I don't have it, then this is where it gets a little tricky, right? So again, number two, really, really, really want to love other people? Receive the love of the Father. Ooh, number three. Yeah, like I feel like I'm still learning this lesson right here. It is very fresh, but it's this. The most important superpower we could ever have is focus. There is no greater disadvantage in our lives than distraction. And what's crazy is distraction will cause us to waste time. We can lose money. We can miss out on really important relationships and partnerships and all of that simply because we were just not where we were supposed to be uh, because we were distracted. And I had bouts with that earlier this week where I just get 
got caught up in foolishness, things that didn't matter. And that's really all that distraction is. It is giving attention to something that in the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't matter. And sometimes that can make you irritable. It'll make you short. It'll all of those things, right? So the thought that hit me was perhaps the overwhelm that I feel, it's not my workload, but the consequence of my distractions, right? Like the work that I have to do is still there. <laughs> it's not changing. So if I'm choosing to be distracted and then I'm saying, oh my goodness, I'm so overwhelmed. There's so much to do. Well, imagine if I had just focused on getting the work done first. So that's really crucial. Distraction. It's the enemy. Focus is our friend. Number four. Now, this concept I got from a book I read a couple years ago by Andy Stanley. It's called Ask It. It's really good. You can check it out. But it simply says this. Before I make every decision, I need to ask myself, is this wise? Because having this personal filter of accountability, it is going to save me time and money and needless pain, really. So whether it's a purchase, whether it be big or small, a relationship or business venture, just asking myself, this question, is it the wisest thing to do? It strips the emotion and it gets to the critical issue that though this may be a good thing, I have to ask, is it really the best thing for me at this time in my life? Sometimes it's humbling, but he gives grace to the humble. So it's a win. But this line of questioning, it fits perfectly with number five. They're almost like cousins. <laughs> number five, do not despise wisdom. So I've been blessed because I have wise parents and I have a wonderfully wise mother in love who gives really great advice. And I've got great mentors in my life and people from near and far that I look up to. And if I need to find something, I'll get a book. But I did not always regard wisdom so highly. And there are moments where I'll be honest, there are times I still fight it. But now I can certainly recognize that wisdom is a gift. See, wisdom is the shortcut for a well-lived life. And sometimes the best deposits of wisdom, it comes from the life and language of those who've gone before us, people who have lived the experience of what we want to have. So now my favorite thing to do is to sit with seasoned people and listen and sometimes ask questions, but mainly listen because I don't have to prove what I know. And I stand to learn a whole lot more by simply listening. Now, to be clear, I stand by the sentiment that you don't want to take advice from someone you wouldn't trade places with. I just personally believe that. And you also have to be careful of the source of who's giving you information. Not all information is wisdom. And I found sometimes for people just because they couldn't, they'll now say that you can't. And that doesn't work either, right? But here's the thing. If there's someone that's ahead of you with a fruitful life, the best thing that we can do is tune in. And now that brings me to number six. Ah, take your health seriously, son. Like there's no way that I can be serious about getting my soul in order and that not include my body as well, right? That would be foolish. And I found, this is my personal lesson, that sometimes it's through my foolishness or folly that I'll help the enemy frustrate me. Now, here's what I mean. Here's my personal example. I'm a pretty laid back person by nature. Like I don't get ruffled up by much. I'm a huge believer in keeping calm. But lately, and it could be with everything going on with the pandemic and everything else, also seeing um, the sudden death of people, some of them my age, some of them younger, and they didn't all pass away because of COVID. Uh, I've been having anxiety about my health and quality of life and just the what ifs. 
that's new to me. Like that does not happen. I'm not the type of person that's ruminating on the thought of, oh my goodness, what if, what about this? But it's happening. And so I'm finding that a part of that angst, it can come from me knowing that I haven't always done right by my body. I haven't done right by my body. And I can't talk about all of this healing and not address that. So for me, it's back to the basics. And what that looks like is moving the body, drinking all the water, telling the chocolate to go somewhere else, (laughs) keeping the bread at bay. But it really boils down to this healthy spirit, healthy soul, healthy body. It all flows. Number seven, take the risk. Some of us Even now, like right now, we are literally in a battle vacillating on next steps. Like, what should we do? Where should we go? How should we handle this? Some of us, we've even heard the Lord give instruction, but we just won't jump out the boat. Is it scary? Sure. But what's more frightening? Taking a chance on doing something you believe God said or dealing with the pain of not doing it years and years later. So we get to choose risk or regret. And this kind of goes back to the number one thing. And it kind of includes number five, right? It's not a reckless YOLO type of risk that would be foolish. But if I know that I'm loved well, and I'm open to the wise counsel of people who possess the fruit that I'd like to have, however the risk turns out, I'll be good. Right. Like this year or really last year, we took a risk moving to an entirely different state. We moved a thousand miles away from, quote unquote, home. We didn't have any roots. We didn't really know a lot of people. And we're a year in. And sure, there have been challenges, but there's also there have been amazing triumphs. And best of all, we have no regrets. I'm learning and I'm loved. It's working out because he went ahead and worked it out. And that's really helpful. So here's a quote that I got this week from Jeff Henderson out of Atlanta. It really blew me away when he said it. It hit me. And the first one is his quote. The second one was him quoting Andy Stanley. So he said this, when God says go, the riskiest thing to do is stay. When God says go, the riskiest thing to do is stay. And then he quotes Andy Stanley, who says this, following Jesus will cost you something. But not following Jesus could cost you everything. Now, to be clear, I am not telling anyone to pick up, take your family and move a thousand miles away. Right. Because the risk, it's not always a location. Sometimes it's a situation or even a person. Maybe the risk is like a vulnerability in a potential friendship or it's to disciple someone that's not the most endearing might be a little difficult. It could be a job in a whole different industry. Not every risk requires a move, but whatever it is. You'll learn and you're loved. So take the risk. Number eight, build something your grandchildren can thank you for. Now, even though I really, really love all things business, when I say build something in this context, I don't mean like a startup or anything. And I also don't just mean natural born children. Some of us who may not have kids, Paul never had kids. And it's hundreds of years later, and we're still talking about him, right? So when I say build something, I'm really meaning like, can I build a lifestyle? Can I build a character? Can I build my reputation in a way where the generation to come will think fondly of the example that I've left. 
that they will find the discipline, the strength, the the fortitude, what I'm trying to build, the, the godliness, will they find that worth following? Building something that has staying power. That's really important to me. Number nine, one word, heal. We are only as spiritually healthy as we are emotionally whole. Now, sometimes this can be confusing for us because we'll see gifts in operation or great performances on display, and we'll think that that's a sign of maturity. It's really not. And what's crazy is Jesus never gave that much attention himself. Like he never went up to someone and was like, okay, what do you bring to the table? What are your spiritual gifts? What do you operate in? But he was quick to ask, do you want to be made whole? And so the bigger lesson with all of this that I'm learning is that spiritual health and emotional health, they go hand in hand. You really cannot have one without the other. And just to reinforce it from episode one, I am not trying to be like me and old Myrtle. I want to be the 85 year old that is super sweet, that's still getting visits from friends. That's still, you know, loving that people still want to see on the holidays and just just because. Um, and, and again, we don't get there by accident. Either way, sweet or not so sweet. It's never an accident. Heal. Best thing we could do. And lastly, number 10. And this is for any time that we're feeling discouraged or anything. Think back on the times that were really, really rough and remember that we made it out of every one of them. Rue and I were talking just last night and we were thinking about a crazy time about seven years ago, back in 2013. Our son was born six weeks early. Uh, he lost his job. Uh, there was so much going on. And we were looking back going, man, I remember when it was so tough. We just weren't sure we would ever make it out. And now seven years later, Life is just, I mean, a 180. It's completely different. And I'm so grateful. And the lesson that I learned from that and other times when I've been discouraged or unsure is to just keep living. This pandemic, this whole year, 2020, I've seen so many people say, just throw it away. And I would say, I know that it's tough. A lot of us are grieving. A lot of us are completely blindsided by what's been happening. But if we just keep living, and hold out in hope that he who began a good work, he hasn't stopped working. He's still working and he's still working on our behalf. And so the best lesson that I'm learning in this journey is when it gets really tough and bleak, just keep living. Well, fam, there you have it. 10 life lessons in about 10-ish minutes. I may have gone over a minute or two, but I'm not counting because it's my birthday. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for spending the time with me today. This feels like a gift for me. I'm grateful for what we're building with this community. And I'd love for you to stop by the website, soulworkwithsan.com. That's soulworkwithsan.com. We've got some more content coming your way that I think will really bless you. So I'm about to head out and enjoy some food and some family and some fun. Uh, but before we do, remember this fam. There's only one of two things we're going to hear on that fateful day. Well done or depart from me. Let's live accordingly. Love you much. Enjoy your Saturday. Talk soon. Talk soon.